Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and today my special guest is Anya Stoddart. And we are going to be discussing acupuncture, meditation, and a lot of different ways to heal your body from trauma. So before I get started, as always, I love to give the guests the opportunity to just kind of introduce yourself and let us know how you got started doing what you do. Hi, Julie, and thanks for having me on. It's really brilliant to be here. So I have been an acupuncturist for about 15 years. Um, before that, I had what you might call a conventional job in teaching. Um, but after a while, that wasn't floating my boat anymore and it was time for change. And I'd always been really interested in looking after my own health and trying to do that without needing to use medication as much as possible. So I was really interested in all the other things you can do. So initially exercise and diet were the things that I was really interested in. Then that sort of drew me into acupuncture because you can use acupuncture to harmonize how the body is working. And about the same time that I started up my acupuncture business, I also started meditating. So in my previous life, I have also worked as a fitness instructor and a yoga instructor. They were sort of side hustles to the main job. So they were the, the more physical side of how I was looking after my health and trying to help the people I was teaching in my classes. I knew from that experience that meditation was going to be really, really helpful for me because I had a number of things I was trying to tackle. First of all, um, my parents were getting older, my dad particularly, and I wanted to try and be able to connect up with him in a way that I had never been able to do through all the years I had known him because he'd always been a fairly sort of solitary, self-contained type of person. And I also needed to try and improve my relationship with my mother, which was driving me nuts. And I was like, come on, you can't keep going on like this. It's time to change this around. So I had some personal transformations that I wanted to put into place. And so those were the roots of getting me going in the meditation side of things. I know a lot of people probably know what it is, but for those who do not, when we say, when you say meditation, exactly, um, what does that mean? Like, how do you, how can you explain actually doing that? So meditation is taking some time to ground and center your mind. So if you think of um, doing an exercise class as toning up and strengthening your muscles or building up your flexibility, meditation is doing the same sort of thing for your mind. You are using a focus point. Um, so it could be something like focusing on your breathing and you're training your mind to focus on that one point and to stay there as long as possible. What often happens, not what often happens, what always happens is that your mind will start to wander off and you need to bring it back again. So it's that process of being mindful of what your mind is doing and getting it back to this focus point. The focus point is the place where you can calm things down and relax. As you get more practice, then you can hold that calm space for longer and longer periods. And then you can start to build out from that, encouraging the use of your intuition, encouraging the use of insight to start to think about your relationships with other people, the relationship you have with yourself and what things trigger that um, to go off in the negative direction. 
So meditation is initially just the process of calming things down or calming yourself down, but then it becomes a resource, it becomes a tool, it becomes a skill that you can use for a whole load of other things too. So how do acupuncture and meditation kind of work together to help people? So in acupuncture, we have this idea of um, a body is made up of five elements that we want those elements to all be working in harmony. So when you're doing an acupuncture treatment, you're looking to see which of those elements is working well, what isn't. Then you're trying to either boost the things that need perking up or you're trying to calm the things that are overworked to bring back this sense of harmony. With meditation, it can be used in several ways. So I can use it myself personally as the practitioner to make sure that I'm grounded and centered, open-minded to what my patient is telling me and using that to work out what the best steps forward are in doing their treatment. But I often teach my patients a little bit of meditation, a little bit of mindfulness to do themselves so that they can make use of it and help themselves get better more quickly. I specialize in a lot of pain treatment in my acupuncture practice. So often what I am trying to make them more aware of is what are you actually doing with your body? How are you standing? When you stand up, are you sort of leaning into one side all the time? Are you pushing forward with your pelvis and arching back? If you are sitting sitting in a chair? Are you always sort of slumped with your legs crossed? Is there a twist going on? What happens if you sit up straight, she says, uncrossing her legs, doing the things that she shouldn't be doing? What happens if you relax your shoulders? What happens if you just think about where your feet are on the ground and is your weight evenly distributed? Does that change reduce the pain that you're feeling? So that pain could be anywhere in your lower back, it could be in your upper back, it could be on your neck or your shoulders it could be something related to migraine. So something as very simple as just thinking about what am I doing, how am I holding myself, can have a really major effect on your state of mind. Because if your body's feeling comfortable and relaxed, your mind sort of follows along for the ride with that. So that's a really common way that I use it. I'm just thinking actually another common way that I get people to think about my to use mindfulness to look after themselves, particularly with its head, neck, shoulder, facial type things going on. Are they gritting their teeth? Are they grinding their teeth? Because there's a lot of tension gets held here and that then influences how the rest of the head feels. So if you can relax your jaw, if you can relax your shoulders, that has a profound effect on your state of mind as well. And that then has a really good knock-on effect on your sense of well-being. Okay, so I want, I was like, I know I didn't put this in the package, but I was just thinking about it. And I was like, I wonder if you had a client come in like me, and I'm gonna use me for an example because I'm terrified of needles. Yep. <laughs> but I'm absolutely not a fan of take this pill and make it go away. So I come in and I'm terrified, like I have a phobia. Could you like walk me through what the process of, of what the acupuncture process would be to kind of like heal my body from whatever trauma I'm going through, especially when I'm entering the room already in like a, a anxious state. <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing we do is have a chat actually, and you tell me what's going on from your perspective. I've got a series of questions that I want to work through so that I can get like the 360 degree picture of what's going on. 
Um, and actually, usually, usually when people are able to share without any restrictions what's going on inside, that usually ramps down any level of anxiety of quite a few degrees. Then I will usually explain exactly what I'm going to do in the treatment session. Sometimes uh, when we're doing the question and answering process, I might want to look at their tongue. So acupuncturists might use a tongue diagnosis sometimes. I take pulses um, and those pulses will also add into the diagnosis. Then I usually explain what I'm going to be doing, which parts of the body I'm going to be working on. I try and needle in the most painless, you don't even know it's going to happen or it has happened way possible. Now that's possible because acupuncture needles can come in a little plastic tube. So when they get pressed down onto the skin, if you feel anything, all you're feeling is the pressure of a tube. Then you can just give the needle a little bit of a tap and they very quickly and easy go in. They are so tiny. So they're about the diameter of a human hair. So they're not like a hypodermic. They're not like a sewing needle that you might stab yourself with. They're no thing, nothing as big or as robust as those. They're really sort of quite floppy and not soft, but you, you know, they're very, very slender tiny, tiny things. You put them into a depth where they connect to the inside of your body at the right level. So there's this idea of a fish um, being caught on a hook and sort of pulling down. So with your acupuncture needle or what I'm looking for is that pulling down type sensation to say the needles arrived in the right spot. Then we just let it roll. And I have to say with a lot of my patients, I might have four or five needles in and now, you know, well, when are you going to start? And I'm going, I've already started. I'm already <laughs> halfway through the treatment. So, um, yeah, it is completely possible to, you know, feel barely anything at all. So I've been learning um, on my my own personal development and healing journey about like the brain and body connection, like and yeah. how a lot of the things that are in our mind are related to what's going on in our body and vice versa and all of that. So like, I, I thought that this was so cool because I was like, well, how I want to know more about it because the only thing that I know about it is like the, the stereotypical, like cliche stuff you see in movies and on TV. I've mm. never actually um, had the opportunity to see it in person or speak to someone that knows exactly what it is so I was like this is gonna be something great for the show especially since everything that I focus on is healing your mind healing your body and being like in alignment with that like what kind of like traumas do people come to you with just like for example like I know like you said like people have pain and things like that but what about like mental trauma or someone trying to kind of release, you know, uh, I went through this as a kid or I went through this with my parents or this with my husband. How do these things like kind of contribute to you ridding your body of the things that are caused by those mental, those mental um so with those sorts of things, I would be generally using meditation rather than acupuncture because you need to be able to understand yourself well, uh, understand what your reactions look like, not only when they're like, I'm really anxious and they've arrived, but actually what do they feel like 
at the very tiny stage when they're just beginning to hatch, when they're just beginning to arise, what are those early indicators? And then when they're at that sort of weak and washy stage, it's easy then to redirect them into something a bit more positive. So with meditation, you are looking to develop that ability to calm yourself down, which just takes a little bit of practice with your focus point and finding that calm space. That whole process that I was talking about earlier, where your mind wanders off and you've got to bring it back again, paying attention to that is the process of mindfulness. So the more you do that, bring it back and focus, bring it back and focus and relax, that is all developing and strengthening your mindfulness. Then you can start taking it out of your meditation time and going, well, when I talk to my mum, I always get really, really angry. How can I try and avoid that happening? Because I feel awful when I'm doing it and I feel awful for afterwards and I can feel awful for days afterwards. So how can I try and stop that from happening? So you then are starting to go, well, what am I feeling? What am I thinking before that phone call is about to happen? And if there is something that I can do, like my relaxation side of my practice beforehand to get my mind in the most positive state of mind it can be for the phone call, then the other aspect of understanding yourself better and understanding what your triggers are is when you can start to feel your anxiety or your anger or whatever the emotion is starting to ramp up. Can you step back from it? Can you let it go? So initially, when someone just says, let it go, it's just like, <laughs> I can't. It's right. just not possible. So with your meditation, you are trying to or you're encouraging and developing that ability, that skill to go, I'm going to step back from this and just observe it. So I talk about this process as being like stepping up onto the top of a mountain. So rather than being in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the feelings and just getting swept away with them, you can stand back and look at them with a much more objective and dispassionate mind. So with mindfulness, you can do that. That you can start taking that step back and going, I'm not going to get washed away by this. I'm just going to uh, see what is happening. And when you can see the bigger picture from that distance, it's much easier to go, well, I could go around this way or I could go underneath or, you know, I can take a slightly different direction. So rather than repeating the same old process every time we have this conversation together, I can do something that's slightly different. If you can do something that's slightly different, then um, often the person who's causing that trauma in the first place, they'll respond to you in a different way. And so that starts to create that those sort of little chinks of calmness rather than a great big surge of anger and anxiety. It takes time and there'll be a lot of ups and downs with getting it settled out. But it's just a question of practice and then going, it didn't work as well as I liked, but next time I'm going to be more determined to make it work. So the great thing about that is it takes you back into your meditation and go, right, I really, really, you know, want to get the hang of this calming and keeping myself calm. I really want to get this hang of noticing the problem starting to arise. It looks like this when it's starting to arise at that moment. I am mentally going to step back. So the good thing about it is it really encourages you to go back to your meditation and go, I want to get better at the mindfulness. I want to get better at the calmness. I want to be stronger and more flexible in my mind. 
because then the trauma becomes less traumatic and you can start to allow it to ease away. It's like going from this is a really big issue to it gradually coming into a smaller issue and then perhaps having the odd blip with it, but you're, it's more easily rerouted, calmed down, stepped away from. When I hear the word meditation, even though I, I'm practicing now, so it's, um, <laughs> but I'll say when I used to hear the word meditation, I used to think I'm sitting in a room on my yoga mat, not saying that this isn't what, you know, how someone can practice, but I'm sitting in a room on my yoga mat and it's quiet and I'm with myself. However, sitting in a room on a yoga mat with two kids running around, is not really um, something that you can do all the time or for long periods of times. Like, so that stepping back that you're talking about, I've learned how to do that. Um, I call it the rabbit hole. When I notice myself, like get, I, I check myself right before, like, uh-uh, you're not going down that rabbit hole. When I'm like getting in those moods, I automatically know what it is now. And I know like I have a serious issue with negative self-talk. So I, I know like, and I named the voice that I argue with, I named her Monica, right? So okay. <laughs> I know like, like pressing that button, like, oh, it started. I'm like, uh-uh, Monica, go about your day. Go, not today, you know, and I'll pull myself back out and I'll just continue, you know, like once I realize, because the important thing is like, it's not, not to feel, but not to allow yourself to be like reactive and to enter that rabbit hole and then just keep on digging down until like you're just lost in a dark place. So that's what I, I've learned with, um, dealing with it. And I think that it's actually really cool. Like it's, it's a really like nice space to be in when you're not responding to every little thing. And like, I used to have really big reactions too. I'm that chihuahua. I'm the tiniest girl, but it's like, <laughs> like then afterwards, like you think you start thinking about, it's crazy. Like you'll start thinking about what you should have said what you should have did, what you forgot. Like, it just like, you will become like completely engulfed in it if you yes. allow that to be a space that you operate in and it's taxing. So like, I love all those things that you said. Cause I was like, listening. I was like, yeah, like she's talking about the rabbit hole. Like don't go in it's the rabbit yeah. hole, you guys. And that's a really lovely perspective on it. And the fact that you've already got that mindfulness trigger for I'm about to go down the rabbit hole. That's brilliant. And then perhaps all you need after that is actually, I just want some time to unwind, relax myself. And so the meditation can then focus much more on all of the letting go of tensions type process, because you already know that the mindfulness, strength, flexibility, awareness is already working in the places where you want it to work. Learning this and um, learning how to apply it and being patient with yourself while going through the process is very, very rewarding. Like you may think that the way that you're handling things right now is the way to go. But like when you enter this space, this space is so free and it's so nice that like, and then when you fully embrace it and like apply it and you look back, you'll be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Never again. Like <laughs> never again. Like don't, you don't have to worry about that. Like, and it, it doesn't say that you won't, you know, have feelings like that or that you'll be numb. It actually means that like, you know how to recognize your feelings and how to embrace them and just respond to them the right way. And if you're constantly triggered by something, that's another 
opportunity for you to ask your question that question to yourself as to like why why am I still so responsive and so reactive to this? Why is this an issue for me? And then you can get a handle up on that as well. In my packet, and like now we've been talking and I'm like, oh wow, like I had all these questions for acupuncture and you ran through it so beautifully. <laughs> and like, for me, when I was like, I know we talked before and we had a beautiful conversation and I was just like so into building this out in a way like where I was learning with the audience because it was like something that, like I said, for me, it was just kind of, I had that cliche television kind of um, view of what it could be. Now it's like, okay, I would like to know, cause we, we you discussed like the mindfulness of it and um, all of that. I'm a person who had, who entered this conversation like many with huge misconceptions as to what this is. Um, can you like share some of those as well? I know I kind of went over my own, but can you like let the audience know what some huge misconceptions of um, acupuncture and meditation are and really like the benefits of it all? Yeah. So the hesitancy with acupuncture is exactly as you have said, um, concern about needles. And um, a lot of people come to me with concern about needles but they've decided it's going to be worth it. And actually, after they've had one session, they're totally cool and we can carry on having as many sessions as needed. Um, so the needle side of things is, I know it can be get something to be big, but in the end, once you've done it, it's absolutely fine. And it never becomes uh, a huge problem after that. The other side of things with acupuncture can be, do I have to believe in it to work? And it's got nothing to do with belief because it is literally a physical response to putting a needle in your body. I know that we might go, well, why would you possibly put a needle in your body? That's such a crazy thing to do to make yourself feel better. But it's a medical treatment modality that's thousands of years old and is still in use. It is um, in China. You've got totally dedicated acupuncture hospitals that work along Western medicine hospitals and the two things meld together. So if you go in with a problem, you'll get funneled one way or another and you might need a little bit of both. It works and the evidence is there. More and more research is saying it's there. So it's got nothing to do with belief. It's got everything to do with how your body responds to those needles. The hesitancy around uh, meditation, a lot of that is probably, if you're used to having a really busy racing mind, a completely sceptic feeling about how can possibly sitting still make a difference. I can't sit still. My mind will not slow down. Will it even work? It, it just appears to be impossible. The way that you get around that is by working with a meditation that takes you down from that sort of like quite hyperactive state. And during the process of the meditation, you're gradually easing your level of uh, alertness down into calmness. So I teach um, something called the nine breaths meditation, which involves a breathing sequence, which um, is quite calming because it naturally allows your breath to become slower and deeper, which is a signal of relaxation but it also involves movement so you're not trying to sit there rigid and try to keep yourself still because that's just not going to work you allow yourself to do some movement 
you allow yourself to just start exploring what does breathing feel like because it's not something we generally pay attention to and actually there's some in really interesting things to find out and it starts to engage your mind with what's going on so by engaging your mind on that you've got this focus point that i'm talking about earlier and then the fact that your mind's going yada 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 big list of things to do got to do this remember that it can start to step away from that and go, well, what's going on here? So in that process of refocusing, you then automatically start to calm your mind down. So it's just follow the process, a meditation process, and it will get you there. So that is, those are probably, I would think to be, um, yeah, the main things. The other thing I think that comes up with meditation is people have tried it before and they think it didn't work. And that's because they were expecting their mind to stop and it won't. It will still think. Thoughts will always come up because that's how humans are designed. What you do over a period of time is rather than thoughts coming up in a big fountain, you start to slow it down and slow it down and slow it down so that you have these bigger pauses in between each set of thoughts you start to get these spaces and those spaces are the spaces where your energy can start to regenerate if your energy is a bit low it's a space where your own insight and intuition can start to pop its head up and then it'll start to give you answers to problems new directions that you might be able to move in so if you haven't done meditation before you've tried it and it didn't work it may be that you just need to do one that involves a bit of physical movement and that gradually relaxes your body and then it enables your mind to relax and then the whole thing will start to knit together really nicely. And that trying like it's like almost um like you wouldn't go to the gym and lift up the heaviest weight in in the gym that you can find. You wouldn't walk up to it and try to pick it up. You would start with a lesser weight and you would work your way up. Yeah. So you have to apply that mindset to it is when you go into the gym and it's your first day exercising, you're not going to get on a treadmill and start sprinting. You're going to walk and then yeah. gradually you'll build up, you'll walk, run, you'll jog, and then you'll, you'll end up being a sprinter if that's your goal. So like apply that same mindset to it is like do things. And my coach explained it to me this way. Mm -hmm. She was like, try one minute for a while and then add another minute so she was like gradually increase your minutes until you get to that desired amount of time that you need for yourself in doing that and yep. i was like yeah yeah that that is actually yeah that sounds that sounds pretty good that sounds like something that you can do and then you won't get discouraged because it didn't work right away <laughs> you because yep. you gave yourself an attainable goal you you did something that was realistic for you and then in that discouragement you know comes that yada 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 negative self-talk yeah. that yeah. may deter you from ever trying it again because oh it didn't work you know how would these things like apply to selective hearing look i have to do it like this let me rewind because i always do it like this for the guests the audience i have to ask you the big question <laughs> and the big question is how does selective hearing apply to this in your opinion hearing is um, when you hear information coming in, it will automatically, without you realizing, that information will already get flavored 
with your previous experiences. So when you are hearing your husband coming in and saying, don't do this or don't do it like this, do it like that, then depending on how you responded to that information last time will be potentially how you respond to it this time because uh, you're hearing it perhaps as an annoyance rather than hearing it as some helpful people a piece of advice. So how you hear things is flavored by your previous experience of hearing something similar. And if it's a new thing, your brain will go back into your memory bank and go, uh, when did we do something like this before? If it was like this before, then it will be like this again. And so if you are doing a lot of negative self-talk, then your brain will be going, I'm going to flavor everything with more of that negative self-talk over everything that you hear. You're going to spin it into a negative. When you take a bit of time out and going, hang on, uh, what flavoring am I sticking on these thoughts? Can I change that flavoring a little bit? And rather than hearing what I always hear, can I listen to what's actually being said and the way it's being offered to me? Actually, my husband could be offering me some helpful and useful advice that may stop a problem <laughs> arising. So rather than going, I can just go, ah, oh, okay, I'll listen to that and then go, well, thanks, thanks for that. Yes, that's a helpful thing. Or actually, I don't, I don't need to do whatever it is you suggested because. But then you haven't ended up in a row. You've ended up in um, a reasonable, communicative discussion type scenario. I love that. I love that. I like to ask the guests to um, give the audience like a word of encouragement, if you will. So I'm going to allow you, I, I'm going to have you do that now because I, I just like to, it's it's Monday and everyone listening after work or on their way to work or whatever, like I just like to give that little bit of inspiration to like get you through Monday and get you through the week. Because we all know the weekend just goes way too fast. So yeah, I would say my encouraging thing for you to do is to take a moment to sense your shoulders and allow them to drop down. So if you're not doing anything else, just let your arms come down by your side and just really let your arms get heavy. Let this tension drain away because it starts to build up there and we don't really realize it. So tension in our shoulders comes along with thinking and planning and organizing and, and looking ahead. So if we can start to just go, actually, I'm just gonna let those drop down, all of that forward out thinking can switch off and calm down a bit and we can come into this present moment. And when you do a nice breath out with your shoulders relaxing down, that can be a real nice point of calming, centering, finding the resources you need for whatever is going to happen next today. And then, of course, you can just repeat that process endless times because it's really simple. And I just kind of did it. And then I just thought about that I was thinking while doing it. And that real life just happened because I was like, I got to make sure I ask this question. And yes, I do. Like Exactly. I do. Um, the way that I position myself for everyone um, listening, if you ever um, care to see the videos, I do actually put videos up on YouTube as well. Um, but the way that I sit is my shoulders are up. They're very, you know, and I'm positioned right in front of the camera. And then I have my notes in front of me so that I don't forget because a thing that I have going on is I have the notes in the way that I structure every single episode in front of me. But then when the conversation starts, of course, I want to ask you other things. And of course, like other things come up. 
So it's like trying to find that balance in sticking to the script, if you will, but still having a beautiful conversation. Yeah, flexible conversation with you. So yeah, I am. And then I just relaxed my shoulders and then I looked at my notes, everybody. So let's look at that. I But I just thought I'd tell you guys that because look, that was, I was briefly in the rabbit hole on the show. So. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here and having this discussion with me. And I want um, you to share your social media, your website, everything so that um, the guests can get in contact with you to use your services, of course. Yes. So my website is www. That's three W's. Wisdom hyphen mind and um, on the site, I have got a free PDF you can download, which explains how meditation helps um, anxiety and depression. And shortly there'll be one going up, which is how meditation can help you cope with grief. Um, my Facebook, my only social is on Facebook, and that is Anya Stoddart. So my name, Wisdom Mind, all one long word. And as always, all that information will be listed in the show details on my website and on all major podcast services. And I also post and tag on my social media as well. So there is no way that you cannot get in touch with Anya because it's going to be everywhere for you to get in touch with her. And I mean, even if you just want to ask like small questions about how do I get started or how do I do this? She is here and she is available. So please make sure that you check her out. And I will be back next week with a brand new guest and a brand new topic. So thank you for listening. And remember, Selective Hearing is now on all major podcast streaming services in addition to my website and the videos are on YouTube, people. So go watch a video. They're there. And I put them together just for you. So go check them out. And until next week, this is Selective Hearing. Thank you again.